Hi, welcome to Skip's Corner, where I cover Nashville's baseball history and events and introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans. No one knows when baseball was introduced to Nashville. Not exactly, but from a report on July the 25th, 1860, in the newspaper, the Republican Banner, it was certainly being played in the area then. At the start of the American Civil War in the spring of 1861, baseball was a national sport, though it remained most popular in northeastern cities such as New York, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, and Boston. And there's a connection to early baseball in Nashville from those cities. As the battle lines were being drawn, especially in the South, I have no doubt that when the Union Army captured Nashville in 1862, I believe Union soldiers brought their northern game with them and taught Nashville citizens how to play that brand of baseball. And here's why. Commanders and Army doctors encouraged physical activities during the war, believing that they kept the soldiers fit and kept them healthy, while also keeping them out of trouble. Civil War historian Bell Irvin Wiley has stated that baseball appears to have been the most popular of all the competitive sports between baseball and racing and wrestling in the camps of both armies. There are even accounts of soldiers from both armies playing each other in war prison camps, including Salisbury, North Carolina. But once the war ended, baseball flourished. And in Nashville, one of the earliest founders was John Dickens. And I want to tell you a little about him because he's got an interesting story that once again connects to Nashville. He was born in Lancashire County, England on June the 24th, 1841. And when he was 16, he was sent to the United States to study. And after a year of teaching school, he moved to Brooklyn, where he studied law and worked for a local law firm. And about this time, Brooklyn had become a baseball-mad city. And I imagine the young Englishman must have been introduced to the sport at this time, maybe a little earlier, but certainly by then. And the outbreak of the Civil War interrupted his plans as he began what was supposed to be a three-month enlistment in the New York State Militia. Captured at the Battle of Bull Run, he would spend eight months in prison between camps in Richmond and New Orleans, and another three months in the Confederate prison in Salisbury, North Carolina, that I mentioned earlier. After close to a year behind bars, he was exchanged and promptly re-enlisted in a regiment that became known as Duryea's Zouaves, where one of his fellow soldiers was future National League President Abraham G. Mills, who would later head up the Mills Commission to determine the founder of baseball. Dickens was promoted from corporal to full sergeant in 1863 and was wounded at the Battle of Port Hudson, Louisiana on May the 27th. It is interesting to note that Dickens was transferred to the 100th U.S. Colored Troops Infantry Regiment as captain in July of 1864 and led them at the Battle of Nashville that December. He was cited for uniform gallantry and good conduct and for a special bravery at this battle. Now, he was mustered out of the military at the end of 1865, and instead of returning to studying law, the next year, Dickens chose to accept a position in Nashville with a Bureau of Freedmen and Abandoned Lands, and he organized the Cumberland Baseball Club of Nashville on April the 20th, 1866, of which he served as captain and president, and promptly scheduled a match with the Rock City Club, a very popular club, the next day. In July of 1866, he made two trips to Louisville to umpire a series for the local championship. And after the second game, 
Dickens challenged the Louisville club to face his club back in Nashville for the championship of Kentucky and Tennessee. It was agreed for a best-of-three series with the first game scheduled for July 31 in Nashville. It was a 183-mile trip to Nashville by the Louisville's riding south on the night train, and the contest took place on the grounds of the Cumberland Club located near Fort Gillum. Now, Fort Gillum was a fort during the Civil War that sits on the site of the present-day Fisk Jubilee Hall. The morning of the game, the morning newspaper, the Republican Banner, determined that everyone should go heavy odds on the Cumberlands. It was a very hot Tuesday, but a crowd of between two and 3,000 turned out to watch the visitors pull out a 30-23 to 23 triumph. And after the game, the Cumberland Club hosted their opponents at the St. Cloud Hotel to a complimentary dinner. It was a gentleman's game in those days, and even after the game, which was played as a gentleman's game, everybody would usually get together and drink beer or throw a party or have a big dinner. And that's what happened here. The return game was to have been played August the 15th, but the train carrying the Nashville players was delayed by an accident on the line, forcing a one-day postponement. But that did not have an effect on fan attendance, as an overflow crowd of over 5,000 showed up. The match ended with the Louisville Baseball Club winning by a lopsided score of 72-11, to 11, which was not unusual uh, scores back in those days. It wrapped up the best of three series, a result that led a reporter for the Louisville Daily Democrat to call the exciting contest an epic in the history of baseball. Baseball was still a young sport, but with great enthusiasm by newspaper and the fan support and the players and even the best of planning, the competitive balance was a long ways off. Now, not surprisingly, Dickens and his wife moved to Louisville that winter, probably not abandoning Nashville, but if he wanted to play baseball, I'm supposing that he felt like Louisville had better players. He became an accountant, but he also took over as shortstop of the Louisville Baseball Club for two seasons, playing through 1868, and he found time to umpire numerous local contests when Louisville disbanded at the end of the season. Now, he remained in Louisville for the rest of his life and in 1902 accepted a commission with the Internal Revenue Service. He died at his Louisville home on October 17, 1916, survived by his second wife and by five children from his two marriages. And I think he'll go down as an early founder of baseball in Nashville and in Louisville and even throughout the South. Now, that connection continues to this day. You may not know, but there is a Tennessee Vintage Baseball Association that plays by 1864 rules. And I think this was their 11th season maybe this year. And of all the teams, the most recent one is the Cumberland Baseball Club, formed just a few years ago. They play their home games at Andrew Jackson's home, the Hermitage. But they were formed as a testament to this team that was formed in 1866. And I think that's quite a testament to baseball. Two words in those days, baseball in Nashville. Well, I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about the early game of baseball, the connection from the Northern game, and to this day that games are being played. If you have a chance, the weekend after Labor Day weekend at um, Ripple Villa in Spring Hill, Tennessee, the teams in the Tennessee Vintage Baseball Association are playing for the Sulphurdale Cup, an annual event, and it's exciting. You can bring your lawn chair and bring something to eat and drink and watch those games You'd be surprised at how hard the gentlemen and the ladies play their game to this day. 
Thanks for joining me. If you have a comment or would like to send me a suggestion, send it to 262downright at gmail.com. I would appreciate your comments. And thanks for being a listener today.